Hey, Coffee Breakers. This is just a warning to let you know that this episode contains adult content and may be disturbing to some listeners. Please take caution and listener discretion is advised. Hey, Coffee Breakers. I'm AC. And I'm Scully. And today we're bringing you the last installment of Girl in the Picture from Netflix Deep Dive. This is not a super deep dive guys because I feel like we have literally beat this one um, a lot we've covered this story a lot but today what I'm going to do is I'm going to go over Michael um, and then we're going to close that door and move on yes unless there's any new updates that come out and then we will update you guys because Michael has never been found um at this point yeah so all right jumping in michael gregory marshall was born april 21st 1988 to savannah um going by sharon marshall at the time in tampa florida his father gregory higgs who was in arizona didn't know he existed wow michael was born like ever he, okay. until this yeah well okay so he received I'm jumping ahead in the story here, but he received a phone call from Franklin um, asking if he would take Michael um, right prior to him kidnapping him. Really? So that's how he found out he had a child. Okay. Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, You're fine. Um, Michael was born under the coercive control of Franklin D. Floyd. Um, who was going by Clarence Hughes at the time. Was he Clarence? Nope. Mm-mm. Warren Marshall. Warren. I was like, if she was Marshall, she'll, he had to be a Warren. Yeah, yeah. Warren Marshall. My bad. Um, it gets confusing. Cause it they, does. He switched up a lot. He does. Huh. Um, and we know at this point that um, Suzanne was taken by Franklin when she was four years old four or five years old and had been physically sexually and emotionally abused throughout her entire life up until her death michael's name would change in 1989 to michael anthony hughes um and this is after franklin um fled florida after killing cheryl ann camesso and being investigated for insurance fraud after sinking his boat yeah which is completely left out in the documentary the boat the boat yeah never mentioned never mentioned So, on May 1st, 1990, after Suzanne died, Franklin called Oklahoma Department of Human Services and placed Michael in voluntary foster care for a week due to his wife's death. Okay. Was this before or after? I can't remember her friend's name from the strip club. Uh, Connie. Connie called. Uh, This was directly before. Okay. Okay. Um, so Eleanor Johnson, the social worker for DHH for DHS, uh, reported to 6306 North Meridian apartment number 103 in Oklahoma City, where Franklin had moved to Tulsa. Okay. Um, Franklin told Miss Johnson that his wife's funeral was on Friday, May 4th, and that he would pick Michael up on Monday, May 7th. I'm still intrigued by the fact that you could just like call. DSS well, DSS here yeah essentially and just tell them hey I need a week yeah uh, I mean I'm not I don't 
I'm not familiar. Now, I do know at one point, like, you could literally just drop your kids off. That's crazy. Yeah. Even in South Carolina. It was like, I want to say it was the early 90s, late 80s, 70s, like, all of that. You could do it, but you you can't anymore. So it doesn't make sense to us that this is something that they did. I mean, you can, but you're going to catch charges. It's not a vol. You can't just walk away. Yeah, you can't just say, I need a break for a week. Yeah. Right. Go ahead. So, Miss Johnston took Michael to a temporary foster family located in Choctaw, Oklahoma, about 20 miles outside of Oklahoma City, to Ernest and Merle Bean. The Beans had served as foster parents for more than 60 children over the past six years prior to getting Michael. Okay. So, they he went to the, the Beans mm-hmm. during his voluntary mm-hmm. stuff again. That is not in the documentary. The documentary makes it out like Connie called and they immediately like EPC'd him. Right. And put him with the beans. Yeah, no. He went to the beans for the voluntary placement. Okay. Um, The beans said that Michael wouldn't stop crying and it appeared to be in absolute agony. He would also bang his head repeatedly on the floor. Yeah, they talked about that. Uh, The beans were concerned about Michael from the word go. Miss Bean reported in the documentary... Um, that the social worker told her that he could only have Pepsi mm-hmm. and that he was still on the bottle. And then Miss Bean explains that she gave him a cup of milk and immediately took him off the bottle. Yeah. Um, he was two years old at this time, Michael was. So um, I'm going to jump back to Suzanne for just a second. Okay. So Suzanne's organs were harvested on April the 30th, 1990. Dr. Larry Balding began the autopsy on May 1st, 1990, and he noted that there was a lot of older bruises all over her body, along with fresh abrasions to her lower back. She had a swollen ankle, a fracture of the right fibula between the knee and the ankle. He noted that Suzanne had had numerous pregnancies, as well as plastic surgery for breast and butt implants, and I didn't really get into that, but she had that in Florida. Oh, wow. Under... Franklin. He wanted her to get them. Um, he actually paid like a discount plastic surgeon to do them. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah, he never knew that either. Yeah. And I didn't get into that when I did her deep dive. Yeah. Because it's just kind of like, okay. But it's just one more abuse that she had to go through. Yeah. So. Um, she al- he also noted that her brain was swollen and filled with blood throughout the dura, and he determined that the cause of death as a closed head injury and the matter of death as a homicide. Really? Yes. Well, that's right, because she got hit by a car and someone took off. Right. Yeah. I-, I keep thinking, like, Franklin went in the room and did something. Right, no. So I'm like, ooh, <laughs> you know, but I got it. I'm following. I'm okay. tracking. In my mind, it's like, yeah, they, they caught him, but no. No, they didn't catch him. So, Connie returned to Oklahoma City um, on May 2nd. Okay. She visited the police department, and the police department told Connie that Suzanne's death was ruled a hit-and-run homicide, and there was nothing that they could really do. Wow. Um, And she was really upset at the police's response. They're like, we'll investigate, you know. I mean, truthfully, there's not much to go on. No. If the car hit her and took off, which they did, they could be anywhere. Right. Unless someone came forward saying they saw, I saw this car with this license plate. I mean, it's, it's there's not much they could do. Right. 
She then went to DHS and met with social workers. So this is the day after DHS had picked Michael up and taken him to the Beans. Okay. Um, Connie told social workers uh, of her fears as Franklin was concerned and that Michael was not safe with him. Uh, Connie learned that Michael was already in temporary foster care, voluntary foster care, and that Franklin had placed him the day before. DHS reported that they would investigate the situation to Connie. Okay. On May 3rd, Connie received a call from a very angry Franklin blaming her for the call he received from DHS stating that he would not be getting Michael back in a week, that they were open an investigation. Um, the, jura- the Juvenile Bureau of d- the District Attorney's Office had filed an application stating that Michael was a deprived child and that he should be made a ward of the court. Yeah. Um, Connie kind of played it off because they didn't disclose who did. He just assumed. Yeah. And so she was like, absolutely, I'll get to talk to them. You yeah. know, that kind I'll of I'll help thing. you. Sure. Not. Yeah. Yeah. So Suzanne's funeral was held on Friday, May 4th. And directly after the funeral, Franklin called the life insurance company that he had taken out two policies on Suzanne months before, totaling $80,000. That was in the last episode. Um, and he was going to collect that money. Hmm. Okay. He spoke with the clerk on the phone and provided three different social security numbers. Red flag. Right. Um, he was just trying to say he was just so distraught, like, you know, that kind of stuff. I mean, I understand being distraught, but I don't know uh, three other socials. Right. <laughs> like, I don't, right. that's not how that works. Two of the ner- numbers the clerk told him didn't exist, but on the third one, it worked, and it was the social security number for Franklin D. Floyd versus Clarence Hughes, who he was pretending to be at the time. Mm-hmm. Franklin knew that he had been caught, and after hanging up the phone with the insurance company, he hauled it out of town. Yeah. So insurance company notified U.S. Marshals that Franklin tried to cash in this policy. Right. And that he was a federal fugitive. The U.S. Marshals arrived at Franklin's apartment in Oklahoma, but he was gone. Yeah. And and it was then that the police realized that the last known instance of Franklin Floyd had been in 1973. And that there was this 16-year gap from where Franklin appeared then when he fled parole. Yeah. And now, like, there's no record of Franklin Floyd between those times. So they realize that a lot going on. Mm -hmm. So Michael's first five days with going back to Michael now, Michael's first five days with the beans were a rough go. He cried every day and made growling noises. Uh He couldn't talk. He didn't sleep and constantly banged his head on the floor. I know um, Mr. Bean talked about if you upset him, like if you told him no or anything like that, he would get really, really upset. Right. And they were worried about him hurting himself. Right. They were. They were very concerned. Um, And on May 3rd, 1990, the Beans received a call from DHS stating that a formal complaint had been filed against Michael's father for abuse and neglect and that Michael would remain in DHS custody until it was thoroughly investigated. Yeah. The assigned social worker, Tony Sanders, began interviewing people who knew Michael and the rest of his quote-unquote family. Okay. Okay? 
Miss Sanders spoke with the former landlord that um, Franklin and Sharon lived at in the trailer in Tulsa. They reported they didn't know anything was amiss. Did they not? Like, he's gone at this point. Did they he's not gone. get him from abandonment? It's not in... I think it added to their case. Yeah. But it didn't, like... I mean, you just spe- bolted. Yeah. And I think... I guess you're not really abandoning because he's in care. But it just kind of seems like... If he hadn't come back on Monday, like, it would have been abandonment. But they've already told him that they couldn't have him back. That's true. Okay. So, I so don't... It might have just added, like you said. Suspicion. Um... So, but she also talked to Kevin Brown. And if you'll remember, that was Suzanne's boyfriend who she was planning to run away with. Yeah. Right prior to her death. Kevin told social workers about Suzanne's fear of Franklin and her plan to leave him and things that he had seen. Like he was very short tempered with Michael, like that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Um,. So on May 10th, 1990, DHS notified the Beans that Franklin had disappeared and that DHS was moving forward through the courts to terminate his parental rights for Michael and that they um, were moving his status from temporary to permanent foster care. Okay. Um, Merle insisted that Michael remain with her and her family. So she said that Michael was de- developmentally delayed, like that was obvious, like he could barely walk, he wasn't potty trained at two. Um, he, well, I mean, she's not able to do it. Franklin's not going to do it. Right. He probably had some, I don't think she probably got any kind of prenatal care at all. No, not whatsoever. from what I can understand. So he was never from the get. Right. So I'm really not surprised. Right. Uh, Merle knew that Michael would require extreme patience and that she had grown attached to him. So um, he stayed with them. Yeah. And after a few months, the crying spells eased. And after a year with them, he said his first word. No. So the U.S. Marshals were able to track Franklin to Augusta, Georgia, about six weeks after. Okay. Um, And there they surrounded his trailer home with weapons drawn, calling for his surrender. Franklin emerged and was placed into custody on a fugitive warrant. The U.S. Marshals had received a tip that he had been living in Augusta since he fled okay. Okay. I said okay because I have it written okay. Oklahoma. Yeah. Um, and he was using the name Trenton B. Davis, which we've heard before. Yeah. Because that's the name that he used to enroll Suzanne into elementary school. Uh, when he was taken into custody, the U.S. Marshals had uncovered numerous aliases that he had used. Preston Morgan being one of them. Mm, didn't hear that one before. <laughs> Whistle Bridges Floyd. That sounds suspect. Right. Kingfish Floyd. Okay. Clarence Marcus Hughes. Okay. And, of course, Warren Marshall. Warren Marshall, yeah. Franklin was arraigned and taken to the Augusta-Richland County Joint Law Enforcement Center. He called his good old friend, David Dial, who lived close to the area, and asked him to retrieve his property from the trailer. What property? You know what? Okay. So, I think it was the pictures. I think it was the pornographic, child pornographic pictures. Mm. That property. Because I don't think he cared about anything else. Or drugs, maybe. And drugs, because I think he was an avid drug user. Yeah. 
Um, nothing can be proven in the way of Franklin and David's friendship as far as law enforcement could determine. Law enforcement can only determine that Franklin had last contacted Dial in 1973, shortly after jumping parole. I don't believe that for a hot second. So that's the only time? Yeah. No. I just think that's the only time they can prove. Yeah, because isn't that the friend that had had sex with? No, that person's never identified. See, I feel like that's David. I do, too. Like, I feel like it's him. I do, too. But that, as far as actually being identified, it was never identified in the books. Mm. So I have no clue. Got it. So from here, Franklin gets sentenced to prison. How much did he get? He got, I think it was 36 months. He ended up doing 33 months. And see, that... Three years. Trips me out. I know. You, you're on the run for 17, you get three. Right. And that's after sexually assaulting another woman, right? Cause nope. He, didn't he not sex- yet. No, but didn't he... No, no, no. Before he left, didn't he get out, went to the halfway house, sexually assaulted that woman, and then took off? Yes. Okay, so... Yes. That's for all of it. Three years for that whole the whole shebang. I think so, yes. And see, this was my big hiccup, because when she told me that before... Either that or they dropped the charges against the assault. Potentially. But I don't know. But... Yeah, keep going first. I'll, I'll wait and let you get a little farther. <laughs> so this entire time that Franklin is in prison, he is still fighting for Michael to get parental rights to Michael. He hired an attorney. He ended up getting paid that $80,000. How? I don't know, but it's in the books. It, he did. He get, was able to get the $80,000 life insurance policy. Okay, so that's my issue because... When you told me this before, that during this time he was in jail, like he got arrested or he, he got picked up, mm-hmm. the documentary leaves that completely out. Oh, it yeah. makes it look like this criminal is so brazen that he's in court, like testifying that he wants his child and that being sad doesn't equate neglect and all this stuff when he was he, on the run. Yeah, that he was on the run, but he had already been adjudicated, already been sentenced for being on the run. Being on the run. Yeah. And I feel like that's such a misrepresentation. Like, it is. Massively. So he hired a lawyer. And why? Because, he, like, why hire the lawyer? I don't because, know. Because, well, I'm just saying, <laughs> it doesn't make sense because you were fine with being, like, had they not caught him, I don't think he ever would have came back for Michael. I don't think he would either. So why come back for Michael after you got caught? I don't know. I don't know. Like, it just doesn't click. Like, there's something else there. There is something else there, and I don't know what it is because this man was so messed up and he was always numero uno like whatever was for him right so i'm just why i don't know go ahead and how he got that money i will never understand yeah i, I won't understand because it's a false policy like the person that you took it out on didn't exist right the person who took it out well the person you took it out on existed but the but, person who took it out didn't exist like whoever whatever name he used that person wasn't real but he had it under tanya hughes that's and, true and that, so that doesn't exist either that doesn't exist either so i don't understand how well, i guess her death certificate would have said that though i guess because that was her identity at the you time submitted but it still seems like you wouldn't have been able to release the thing to someone that you know called in with three different socials but whatever. I digress. I, digress. I don't work in insurance. I, I, we, yeah, we don't, we don't, we ain't touching none of that. But anyway, he got that money. And with that money, <laughs> he paid his attorney. 
um, to fight for Michael. So, and this was a, a very long process. So you, um, so while he was in prison, Michael had to do a visitation with him, yeah, monthly visitation with him. Um, they talk about that in the documentary. Um, at one point, the judge asked, um, well, ordered, I say asked, ordered that he submit to a paternity test, which he was absolutely against. Yeah, because he knew. Oh, yeah, he knew he wasn't his biological father. He refused, 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 and finally they just went and basically took it. I think it was like either do it or this or, is over. Yeah, pretty much. Um, it came back that he was not his biological father. The courts terminated his rights. However, his attorney filed a, I don't know the, the correct word for this, a petition, uh, this one we'll call it a petition, um, to the court saying that the court violated Franklin's um, constitutional rights by not having a hearing for the, the paternity test. That they just canceled his rights once they got the result by he was entitled to a hearing. So you want like a fancier way to say you're not the dad? Apparently. <laughs> so guess what? His parental rights were reinstated and visitation resumed pending this hearing. Again, not in the documentary. Right. It was he was released at this time. Okay. Mm-hmm. He got an apartment and was working as a maintenance man. Okay. Um, and he was going to like therapy counseling. Like he seemed like he was trying to get his life together. Okay. Until he was caught in a young woman's apartment by the young woman going through her panty drawer. Uh, So skeevy. She had been out at like a neighborhood, like block party, her and her boyfriend and she was racing the boyfriend back to the apartment and beat him. Yeah. And she came in before him and found Franklin in her underwear drawer. That's terrifying. Right. Franklin assaulted her. Like, punched her in the face. I was say physically or sexually? Uh, just physically, um, from what I can understand. Boyfriend comes in. They get into it. Uh, Franklin bolts. Boyfriend chases him down and... I know, I don't know how this actually happened, but my mind, okay, y'all, this is how AC Spring works, sat on him until the police got there because all it says is that he, like, kept him detained. Okay. And I don't know what that is. Like, I don't know if he had his hands, he, if he could be a headlock. But in my mind, this man is sitting on this other man. Hey. So, just so you know. Did they recognize him? He was their maintenance man? He was their maintenance so man. So they recognized him as their maintenance man? I don't know that they recognized. I almost assume so. Because okay. he was immediately, I mean. So he was picked up same day? Oh, yeah. Police okay. got there, arrested him. They found underwear in his pants pocket. Hers or others? It's hers. Okay. But if he did it once, I'm kind of like, how? Like, oh, I'm sure he's been doing it. Right. Yeah. Um, so he went to jail for that. Okay. I don't know who the judge was. It's not identified in the books and I have not Googled it and I probably should Google it just so I can get some kind of like stuff. Yeah. Judge gave him a bond of $3,000. Oh 
Okay. And guess who he called? David Dial. David Dial. Who come and bonded him out. And again, Franklin's in the wind. But now, at this point, is when Franklin goes and stalks Michael. It's not but a couple days later that Michael is kidnapped by Franklin from the school. And all that takes place. And all that takes place. So... Yeah, I have issues. How how can you even let him out? I don't... Like, given his history. Honey, like, please tell me. How you could get him involved. I don't know. And then the documentary does not speak to that at all. Like, no. you do not know anything about that. You just know... It, it makes it out like his rights were terminated. Mm-hmm. As soon as they were terminated, he turned around and went and stole Michael. You know. Kidnapped Michael. That's and not that's how that went. not how that happened, apparently. So that's crazy. So he was, this was a while, like throughout those years that he was with the beans, like he was in his life still. Yes. On and off. I mean, it was monthly visitation. And I think there was a period of six months that there was no visitation because that's when the paternity kids come back and And then that process and all that. But yeah. So then a few days later is when he went to the school and kidnapped Michael via gunpoint, even though it's not like gunpoint, you know what I'm saying, with the principal. Stole the truck, tied him to the tree. And then takes off with Michael. And and, and so here's the thing. The truck was found in a plant parking lot. I can't remember the plant parking lot name, but it was like right on the inside of Texas. Okay. And of course he had to have another vehicle. And where, where were they kidnapped from? Like, where were they at? Uh, Choctaw. Choctaw, Oklahoma. Oklahoma. So he kidnapped him from Oklahoma and drove to Texas? Yes. Okay. I'm with you. Go ahead. They found the, the truck, and it wasn't just, like, immediately. It was, like, some weeks. Yeah. When they found the truck. And then that's when they found the pictures underneath. And see, that's so weird to me, too. Right. So they, and that's when Fitzpatrick gets in, and really Fitzpatrick is the one who ultimately, even though he didn't get to solve Suzanne's identity and all that, he's the one that put the work in to start like peeling back these layers of all these aliases and yeah. giving us a story to tell the FBI in general. It wasn't shortly, it was shortly after, and I didn't know this in the book, that Michael's kidnapping took place that the Oklahoma City bombing happened. It's like not long. I want to say like a week. Well, maybe two. Wow. So Fitzpatrick had a lot going on. Yeah. And that's when he got involved? Like at at the kidnapping? At the kidnapping, yeah. At the kidnapping because it, it says so in the documentary as well as in the books. Like if there was a kidnapping in that area. That's true. He got it. He got it. And so that's how we don't know what happened to Michael. So in the books, um, there's, uh, okay. So in the books, um, it goes into like how, you know, he said that he'd give him away, like all these, all these stories, right? Like so many different stories of like what happened to Michael, that he killed him, that he was given, like, yeah. All kind of stuff. Um, he was charged and convicted for uh, Michael's kidnapping. They couldn't convict him of a murder because nobody. Um, and they didn't have enough 
evidence to pursue a murder charge. No. Okay. And they had nothing to tie him to Suzanne's or, yeah. Yeah. Sharon. No, Suzanne. Suzanne. <laughs> She's, yeah. That's her actual name. name. Her actual yeah. name is Suzanne. Um, so she, um, he was convicted and got 50 something years for that. And then Fitzpatrick sent all the, like the pictures of the lady that was seen and recovered from the truck. Yeah. And several different stages of being beaten and sexually assaulted out to all the states he knew that Franklin had been in. And then that's when they got a hit on Cheryl and Camesso. And were able to convict him of that murder. That's when he got the life, right? Yes. And then several years later, um, Ashley Rodriguez, Rodriguez, Rodriguez? Thank you. You're welcome. Um, with the Missing um, and Exploited Children Center for Missing and Exploiting Children got um, Suzanne's file. Um, they didn't know who she was. It was a very thin file. She called up the FBI, Fitzpatrick Kane, and helped uh, the two agents that were assigned <coughs> that said that they would help Su- um, Ashley. They go interview franklin yeah this is the one where he was like yelling at him yeah 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 blob is his name i think and i cannot remember the other one saved my life yeah um and he got he was able to get him to tell him the alias he used which was brandon williams yeah and And he was the best bus driver that ever was right and that's how they were able to track suzanne's identity down they went back to try to get a resolution to michael and Franklin said that he had shot Michael twice in the back of the head and buried him on the Texas-Oklahoma line. They never found his body or any evidence of it. So we, we still to this day don't know if he truly killed him. So to me, like, unless he pulled him. I want to be like, did anybody interview David? Does David have Michael? Yeah, I have no idea. I mean, I hope, but I I really have no idea. Because I just find it very hard to believe that this man went through all of this stuff. Just to to shoot him? To get this child, just to kill him. (laughs) On the same day? Yeah. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah. Because he would have been able to travel a lot easier and quicker and been out. He'd have been gone until he died had he not went and got Michael. Right, because they wouldn't have... it wouldn't have sparked a manhunt. Right. He would have just been another one. It would have been stayed with the marshals. Like, yeah. it wouldn't have pulled in the FBI and all of that. But it's just he did all this extra stuff. And I just don't think he did that to turn around and murder that boy. I just don't. I don't So either. I'm curious. Did he call up his buddy and sell him? Sell him. Give him. Be like, I'm coming back. You take, I'm going to go get here and, you know, get the heat off of me and I'll come back or. And it just never worked out that way. Right. And did he ultimately end up dead? Right. Like, I, we don't know. I mean, that's what I'm just curious. I know they have it down as a solved in confession, but so here's my thing. I was thinking about this. So they found the truck and they found, well, that was a whole thing too, because they didn't find the pictures right off. Right. So the insurance from the principal's truck 
sold it to a mechanic who put it up on ramps um found the envelope of pictures yeah and then he called the police and so that was months yeah but there was no evidence of that child being shot in that vehicle but didn't you say like a cadaver hit like they didn't they have a was it this case I, I might be getting it mixed with another one no it's this case because that was the only thing that gave me pause. Like a cadaver dog hit. So what he, Franklin confessed to is that he picked him up and that he kidnapped him and shot him, you know, immediately, yeah. almost immediately afterwards because okay. he kept crying for Miss Bean on his mama. Okay. Um, that's what he confessed to. What Fitzpatrick believed, and what I kind of tend to believe, is that he made it all the way back to Georgia with him. Um, and killed him in Georgia. Killed him in Georgia. So, what Franklin told his sister Dorothy is that he drowned him in a bathtub, and then buried his body. Um, and the only reason that I'm kind of going with that story is because Franklin had stolen a vehicle right around the same time he got to Atlanta. Okay. Like he answered a paper ad. Okay. For a car being up for sale. Up for sale. Attacked that woman, stole the car, and then they found the car later. And the car was hit on, the trunk was hit on by a cadaver dog. And it was shortly after that, that it was shortly after he stole this vehicle that he checked himself into a psychiatric hospital. Before being picked up? Mm-hmm. Potentially. I mean, I guess that's. I think that's the most. Something went down in Georgia. That's what I think. Makes the most sense. Yeah. But yeah, that's. I hate that there's not like a solve for Michael. Yeah. Like you get to know, I mean, Sharon's story is, or Suzanne's story is sad, but you at least get to find out who she is. Right. But with Michael, like you don't get to know what happened. No. And unless his body's found one day. Yeah. Or there's a person. Because Franklin's dead. So, we'll, and he would have never told anyway. No. Ugh, it's crazy. Yeah, it's very, um, very, this has been a rough one. Yeah. So what I'm going to suggest to all the coffee breakers out there that's listening to this, if you want the nitty gritty details and to get all of it, get the books, A Beautiful Child and Finding Sharon by Matthew Burbeck. It is two novels. Yeah. I mean, that is just, your mind will be blown. Because even though I've done a deep dive and I feel like I have done a a, a good job covering yeah. the big parts. Um, there's still so much. There's still so much. Yeah, more. you said there's a lot of other like little details right. that are in there. So yeah, at that point, I'm just reading the books to you and I'm pretty sure Mr. Burback would not appreciate that. Well, I'll give him props. <laughs> Might be okay. Let's do an audio version. Right. So, but they are available on 
um, Amazon. Am- Amazon. That's where I got mine. One's available on um, Am- Amazon Unlimited if y'all have that. Kindle Unlimited or whatever it's called. Well, we finally reached the end of Girl in the Picture. That's been several weeks now. Six. Six weeks. So we're moving on. We are. We don't know what to, but we're going to find it. I mean, we got an idea. Yeah. So <laughs> we do. They don't know yet. Yeah, y'all don't. We ain't telling. So this is actually kind of a... Um, a shorter one compared to the others but yeah i, I think, think this is okay. just lack there's not a whole lot for michael i mean his story what's in the documentary is, is michael what happened yeah i mean the only thing that you probably get differently is the varying stories that he told different people that he did which the documentary hints to that like he told this person that and this person that and that he never told exactly right. what happened right and, and he was never found and i think he died in 2022 franklin or 2023 it's something it's recent yeah it's pretty recent so So unless he spilled the beans to somebody in prison who ain't gonna tell right we'll never know but yeah yeah so that's it that's it for the girl in the picture sorry we're late (laughs) what do you mean it's dropping tomorrow instead of wednesday Uh, oh yeah yeah yeah. well yeah life happens yeah (laughs) Also, just want to let you guys know tomorrow, uh, today, because it's dropping on Thursday. Yeah. Um, it's dropping on Thursday. It's our four month podiversary. 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 <laughs> I, love that. I love it. So we just can't thank you enough. Yeah. We, we love it. We love interacting with you guys on our social medias. Keep it coming. I want to throw a shout out to New Zealand. Welcome. Welcome. Thank yeah. you. You have really, I've seen it like steadily climb up the charts into our our like top. Yeah. So thank you. We really. see you. And Australia, we see you. Yeah. Um, we see all of you and we just want you guys to know that we love you and we appreciate you and if you want to support us number one way is to share share share. tell a friend tell an enemy if you don't like them you know (laughs) do what you gotta do just tell the world um subscribe you can subscribe follow us on whatever platform you're listening to us on um and yeah so that's that's about it so we will catch y'all for free for all friday Good night. Bye.